Welcome to Mind Your Own Revisions, a podcast about fostering mental and emotional well-being in academia for academics all around the world and at every level. I'm Özgü Dünver, a social scientist with a PhD. Having struggled with mental health issues throughout my academic career, it is now my mission to inspire and support other academics on their quest to find balance and happiness in relation to their work. Let's thrive together. Hello everyone! Welcome to the eighth episode of Mind Your Own Revisions. Today's episode is about how we can support someone who is going through a hard time mental health-wise. In fact, this is something we all need to learn considering the increase in the number of people struggling with mental health issues both in general and in academia, and especially during this pandemic period. Offering the smallest form of help and support to someone struggling is more important than you think. It can literally save lives. Before I dive into the ways you can help someone, I want to lay out some basics about mental health and how we engage with people who are having mental health troubles. First of all, we all have mental health and mental health is a spectrum. Any of us at any given moment be somewhere on the continuum of mental health ranging from excelling to in crisis. We need to accept that, both for ourselves and everyone else. Accepting this will make us more open to both asking and giving help whenever the need arises. Second of all, very often I see that we doubt our own ability to pick up distress signals. This is wrong. See, we're all human beings and we are all equipped with the ability to see when someone is going through a hard time. Some of us are more in tune with others and can sense things earlier. But regardless of that, we can all feel it when someone is struggling. I say this over and over again because I want you to trust yourself and your instincts when it comes to this. If you are ever in doubt whether someone might be going through a rough patch, do make it a habit to ask that person if everything is okay. Third of all, when we see that someone is struggling, we tend to not do anything thinking that it's none of our business. This is also wrong. When you see someone zoned out, clearly struggling or crying, it is your business and even your duty to offer some help and comfort as a human being. Many of us don't do that. We are so scared to approach such a person because we are afraid of several things and today I'm here to bust these myths. For this section, I must give credit to the awesome book called There is no good card for this. What to say and do when life is scary, awful and unfair to people you love by Kelsey Craw and Emily McDowell. So, let's get to eliminating the fears we have that stop us from approaching someone struggling. First, we're afraid that we will offend that person by asking them if they're okay or if we offer them some help. Many people think like this. But I want to ask you to remember a time 
where you were struggling big time and then got offended by someone approaching you and comforting you. Did you feel offended? Really? Or did you feel seen, heard and felt? Secondly, we're afraid that if we offer help or comfort, we will put ourselves in a position where we will have to take responsibility for that person. No, 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 no. Offering a momentary comfort can be a very big deal and have lots of positive results for the person struggling. And it doesn't have to be more than that. You don't have to give more than you are able to. And you don't have to take responsibility for that person's future. Probably you heard the African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Just like that, in fact, it takes a whole village to care for someone. You can't do it alone and you don't have to. But your contribution, which may be very little for you, could have a much bigger effect on the person. I totally recommend you to read the book. There is no good card for this. If you want to know more about how we can support and care for the people we love who go through difficult times without overpromising or overgiving at the expense of our own well-being. Thirdly, we're afraid that we'll do or say something wrong and mess it up. Believe it or not, everybody is afraid of saying or doing something wrong and hurting the other person. I thought I was the only one afraid until I read the book There is no card for this. And one sentence I read on page 15 of the book changed my whole outlook about this. I quote Crow and McDowell. If you take one thing away from this book, it should be this. If you're choosing between saying something and saying nothing, you're almost always better off saying something. There are definitely better and not so good or helpful things you can say or do, but the acknowledgement of a difficult situation goes a long way. When in doubt, remember the 7% rule of communication of emotions, otherwise known as the 7-38-55 rule. You probably know that a whopping 55% of the communication occurs via our body language. 38% of it occurs via our tone of voice and only 7% of the communication is about the actual words we use. So don't worry, your concern and sympathy will be obvious in that 93% even if you quote-unquote say the wrong things. As you can already see, being there for other people requires a certain degree of vulnerability as well. In order to help someone else, we need to put ourselves out there as well. But that's okay, we're all human and we're all vulnerable, whether we accept it or not. Okay, so let's move on to what you can actually do to help someone when you sense that they're struggling mental health-wise. There's lots of information you can find online in order to learn how you can concretely help someone in a mental health crisis. To learn more, simply Google mental health first aid. In this podcast episode, I will teach you the all right framework. I learned this framework while following an online course in Udemy called Workplace Mental Health, 
a manager's ultimate guide delivered by a UK company called Delphis. They developed this framework especially for line managers who may need to support their employees regarding their mental health. But I think it is good enough to be generalized. All right stands for approach, listen, reassure, immediate action, guide towards professional support, help them to help themselves, and time a follow-up meeting. Now let's look at each step one by one. Your first step is approaching the person ideally in a private setting. This is important. You don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. Because remember, there is often lots of fear and shame attached to struggling mentally. When you approach this person, you help them open up. The second step is to listen to them without judging, interrupting or advising. Do not lecture this person about what they should or should not be doing. Just sit there and listen while showing your concern and interest. Recently, a psychologist friend of mine told me that I would be surprised if I knew how many people went to psychologists only to get things off their chests in a safe space. Many people are just looking for a way to talk and connect with others and not necessarily for advice. The third step is reassuring this person and giving them hope. When we are in a dark place, we feel lonely and detached and as if we are all alone in the world. This is not true, of course, but in those moments, we simply forget this fact. Tell this person that what they are going through is not abnormal and they shouldn't feel shame about it. Reassure them that there is help available and it is possible to overcome feelings of hopelessness. The fourth step is taking some immediate actions to support this person. If you are their boss, you can make adjustments to their work schedule or give them a leave of absence. If you're their colleague, you can help them speak to their line manager about what is going on. If you're their friend, you can offer to do groceries for them if they're not feeling like doing such chores. There are so many little ways you can help. You can just show up for five minutes on their doorstep and give them a hug. I have personally experienced all these ways of support from my boss, my friends and my colleagues when I was going through a rough patch. And you cannot imagine how loved, cared for and supported I felt. You don't have to give them hours of your day. Sometimes just five or 15 minutes of help makes a big difference especially if this help is about something concrete that that person is putting off doing. The fifth step is guiding them towards professional support. Try not to just listen to the person and leave it at that. Try to assess with them what kind of professional support they need and more importantly, help them do that Google search or make that first appointment with a professional. When you are in such a hopeless and helpless place, the parts of our brain that take care of decision-making and organizing don't work appropriately. So in such situations, picking up the phone, calling somebody and asking for an appointment is much harder than you think. 
I needed help from my friends to find and call the right professional, for instance. Once the appointment is made, it is much easier to follow through because you don't have to decide anymore. The decision is made. You just need to go to the appointment on time. Also, having the appointment gives the struggling person the reassurance that help is coming. And this makes it much easier to cope until that moment instead of floating in uncertainty and anxiety. The sixth step is helping them to help themselves. If the person is not eating appropriately, for instance, you can simply cook a meal for them and make the nutritious food available. If they have the energy to move around, you can go for a walk with them. If they are in the mood, you can watch a funny movie with them or just recommend a funny movie or something. Don't expect them to be thrilled about your idea, by the way. There is a high chance that they will resist, but don't give up on them and keep trying to find ways for them to establish and strengthen connection with themselves and their surroundings and the people around them, like you. The seventh step is timing follow-ups with this person to see how they're doing. You can check up on them every few days, asking how their appointment went or what they did that day. It doesn't have to be big, but still, by checking up on them, you'll give them the feeling that they're not all alone and there are people to turn to if things get worse. So there you go. This is the all right method you can use to help people around you who are going through a rough mental health phase. As I said, there are many other acronyms and frameworks you can find online. One of them is RealSF, which stands for Recognize, Engage, Assist, Listen, Signpost and Follow-up. Another one is called LG, that stands for Assess, for Risk of Suicide or Harm. Two, Listen non-judgmentally. Three, give reassurance and information. Four, encourage appropriate professional help. And five, encourage self-help and other support strategies. But at the core, these are all talking about the same things and same steps. I like all right because it's easy to remember and it's more hands-on. If I would need to summarize this whole episode in one sentence, I would say, get out of your head and show up for people around you. It's really not that difficult to help someone get through a difficult period. Here is the tip of the week. Look around you and try to see if anyone is going through a hard time. This person might be a friend, a family member or a colleague. And if you notice an acquaintance of yours going through a hard time, don't hesitate to reach out and ask them how they are really doing. And don't hesitate to tell them that you care about their well-being. Sometimes one caring word can mean the world. As always, you can find the references and links in the show notes in the website of Mind Your Own Revisions. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, please start following Mind Your Own Revisions on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your academic friends about this podcast. What are your thoughts about today's topic? I would love to hear from you. Until next time, bye!